This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ryan Terpstra, also in the studio tonight. Uh, Melrose, Jerry Green, wearing the Montreal Expos hat. Mahir Bahatnagar. How you doing, Mahir? I'm great, Jeff. How are you today? Oh, I am wonderful. Uh, quite an action-packed show. I don't even know where to begin. Uh, actually, if you're new to the show, I probably should to the program. I know I know Ryan's been here many times before. Yeah, show 29. It feels like my first one. I can't believe how things fly yeah. by. Anyone that's new, you know, we had a lot of attention last week to the DSR from uh, Deadspin, Barstool, Big Lead, Yahoo. So a lot of you might be tuning in for the first time and not familiar with uh, my co-host Ryan Terpstra's past work. Uh, from 2009 to 2011, I believe, uh, you were co-host on WDFN's Sean Turp and Killer. I think that was the order that it went in. That is correct. Correct. From yeah. 2009 to 2011, which was also simulcast up in Grand Rapids, where you were broadcasting out of. Yeah, we did it in an interesting way. Sean and Killer were on an, uh, in a studio at WDFN here in Detroit, and then I was in the studio in Grand Rapids, and we were actually one of the only shows in the nation to be doing it over an ISDN line. Um, but at that point, yeah, at that right, point, right. now now everybody does that. But. Ro- yeah, I think Robin Quiver stole your idea when she got cancer and uh, was co-hosting the Howard Stern show I, from that, her apartment in New Jersey. I think that I think she got that idea from the. Uh, now let me get the order correct again. This is one of the worst names in the history of sports talk radio. Easily, Sean Turp, Turp and Killer. That's right. The show was over by the time you got out the name. <laughs> yeah, and, and we had hit our second commercial break. By the time we announced it. So anyway, uh, unfortunately, unbelievably, it will have been five years this summer since uh, Tom Kowalski, MLive, uh, Detroit Lions beat writer, and then your former co-host on that show passed away of a heart attack in August of 2011. 
And then shortly thereafter, uh, the show went off the air. Uh, it disintegrated. And you've been working in Grand Rapids for mm-hmm. the last few years at uh, the ESPN. Yeah, I worked at the ESPN affiliate in Grand Rapids after that for a little bit. And then um, got axed by uh, Clear Channel as uh, any good Clear Channel employee will experience at some point. In their tenure, I, I heart firing people. I, I heart, <laughs> the I heart. Uh, I think it was. Gosh, it had to be in the spring because there's two times of year they fire people. They fire people around Christmas, and then they fire people after winter book, which is in the spring. And uh, I was um, so they fire people at Christmas and Easter. Yeah, but lovely, be, lovely company, my hair. Yeah, it, it goes over especially well in the Bible Belt over there uh, in West Michigan. So yeah, I got uh, it, and I wasn't I'm fired. It was a uh, financial um, decision or whatever that they call it or whatever. So you get called in. They say, yeah, uh, San Antonio called. Uh, we got to let you go. We had to uh, cut five people today. So uh, made my way out and uh, started freelancing around different TV, radio uh, companies. And uh, ended up with the uh, television production company that I'm with today. Uh, we produce a high school sports show on Fox Sports Detroit. And then I'm the executive producer and co-host of a show called Pure Brews America, which is all about craft beer. And uh, that's on CBS 62 in Detroit. And uh, also So that's everything you've been missing. CBS for, Networks. Right. Yeah. That's, been, that's been everything you've been missing for the last 29 episodes of the show or 28. I, I can't believe people wouldn't have been caught up by now. But yeah. occasionally <laughs> in this business, you need to do what's called a reset. Exactly. And they're just resetting what people already know for me being involved in this show. Sports right. and beer. And it's great that you've been the co-host for all this time because – we have something pressing to discuss right off the bat in today's show. Uh, my Twitter account, uh, run by me, Jeff Moss TSR, broke the news late this morning that Detroit Sports 105.1's program director, Dave Shore, who had been in that gig since February of 2015, so he made it about 14 months, I guess, uh, he's been fired. Not surprisingly, he took over from Jason Dixon, the first program director at 105.1 when they made the switch from adult contemporary to all sports talk. And incredibly, he lowered the ratings. Uh, You didn't think that 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 bar could get any lower. Those people at Wayne State were getting worried, but then (laughs) the numbers came back down to a reachable level. WDET uh, was uh, terrified. They really should be scared now because uh, we have no idea who the the next uh, person is going to get hired. But you know, it's funny that uh, you know you're my co-host because really the last Detroit sports radio show I listened to in this town was Sean Turp and Killer back at DFN. That's been five years, mm-hmm. and we've had the funny co- enough. We replaced Drew Sharp as well. Yeah, a lot, yeah, that's 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 true. A very good point. It's funny. It's funny. That was when he uh, lost his first gig in radio. Well, didn't he get moved to the mornings? Something like that. That yeah. didn't last too long. Matt yeah. Shepard's still there. I mean, Matt. Was yeah. willing to hold it out, but Drew's like, I have to wake up and, and do a gig and do work. <laughs> Screw that. Right. So. so, so okay. So that was about the last show I listened to in, in you know, Sports Talk Radio. King was in 97.1, 105.1 debuted, I think, in 2013, and that's been pretty much unlistenable. So now we're at a situation where Shore has been dismissed uh, after the brilliant ideas of putting together Matt Derry and Drew Sharp in the PM Drive show, which I think lasted about, what, five or six months max. Yeah. Then he replaced that show with himself and Lindsey <clears throat> Hunter, the former Pistons point guard. Uh, the station has never been able to attract 
the, a male audience, 25 to 54, even the target demo. I, I just last week posted the most recent April ratings where I think Sean's show in the morning was like 16th in, in the target demo. Uh, unbelievably, the uh, Ryan and Rico show, are doing okay. Yeah, they were mid-days. ninth, but yeah. I mean, still, I mean, that's the the bare minimum should be top five. I would think if you're if you have an all sports station directed towards men basically only, you would think the bare minimum would be top five in the market. You're supposed to be up there. I mean, when we were judged on our ratings and and we did pretty well in the the Grand Rapids market over in in Detroit, it was very hard because we're on AM. I mean, you're never going to break a right. certain level. On AM radio, especially you know back in the the five years ago when FM was all the rage, but the the problem is you can always be up there and you're going to be fighting classic rock and you're going to be fighting you know adult contemporary or whatever. But in that key demo of twenty five fifty four, you need to be getting people. I mean that's how you sell a station and greater media. What they're going to find out because I've launched two ESPN stations, one in the thriving metropolis of Grand Haven, Michigan, population like six during the winter <laughs> and 60,000 in the summer. But, I mean, we did fine there, and then we went to Grand Rapids, and that station's still doing well too. But you have to be able to attract an audience in order to attract money, and greater media is used to just like playing the jukebox. You know, you, you, you turn on the iPod, you hit your playlist, and then you throw some jocks in there and you call it good. With talk radio, you are the jukebox. People are tuning in for you. So that requires investment. And that's why they went with Drew Lane, which I always questioned from the beginning. Of course, you know, who gives a crap what I think? But a guy that doesn't have any sports background is going to compete with a station that people are arguing doesn't talk sports. So I thought they were actually trying to compete by doing the same thing. And it was just a matter of trying to have his audience follow him or not, right. and no one decided to follow well, him. Let me ask you this question. When you were – when it was the uh, – once again, Sean, Turp, and Killer You can program. roll STK if it's, oh, if it's easier for you. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it sounds like a wrestling finishing move, but it's, it works. <laughs> okay. So when that program was on and you were – okay, you're, so you're competing with Valenti and Foster at that point. Yeah. They're on FM. We're on right, AM. Right, exactly. How'd that go? Yeah, but <laughs> but still, what what was your twenty five to fifty four? Where did you guys? What where would you have been in the market even at AM? It's gosh, it's hard to think, but I mean, we I, I know we did better than that. You did. Better I, than I know we did better than that. Right. And um, it, though it was always about like for us content because there's such a discrepancy in the amount of listeners they can reach on their signal. And the amount of listeners that we can reach on their uh, on signal because if DFN forgets to feed the hamster on the wheel, no one can hear it outside of a three block radius. I mean, the signal just powers down. So it would you always have that discrepancy. But 105 doesn't have that excuse. They're on FM. They can reach listeners. They have an audience. You can attract people there, and that's been the problem um, f- for both Dixon and Shore. And this is you've written a couple of columns on this, Jeff, and I think that it's. Um, it's something that I've agreed a lot with your takes on what they can do better, but it's something that people fall victim to when they come to this town. They see Drew Sharp on the sports reporters or whatever show Mitch Album gets him on, and they see Rob Parker who does you know whatever he does with ESPN or what he did 
with ESPN. And they're like, oh, those guys are here. Do they have a radio gig? Oh, they don't? Well, let's get them. Then we must want them, right? They don't know that these guys have failed at every radio stop that they've done in the last five or six years. So they just hire them thinking that I'm getting a national name. It looks good. The investors and people that have heard of them over in Detroit or Portland or wherever uh, Buzz Lightyear's flying in for, from, I mean, they know these guys and you can point to them and say, hey, I got Drew Sharp on the air. I'm doing good. Well, it, it doesn't work. It fails. And eventually you have to say, look, you either get talent on the air to compete because nobody knew who Mike Valente was before 97-1 decided to take a chance on him. Or you you just close up shop and run ESPN because that's basically what Short Hunter did for a while is just do a national ESPN show so they could you know uh, basically put out demo tapes for their next gig because they knew that they were never going to be able to last in the market just trying to to compete with what ninety seven one has to offer it's just it, it wasn't going to happen and I think that's why the next PD hire is such a big hire. At uh, 105.1 because it's the last one. It's the right. last last so, last chance to really make a splash. So I posted uh, three potential replacements on on the website uh, just in the last hour or so, um, and these are just my this is just my conjecture. To me, you've hired a guy from Tampa in Dixon, then you went and hired a guy who was from Los Angeles in Shore. Two guys who, like you said, have no idea about the market and thought that you know bringing in Parker and, and Sharp was, was some elixir, which it obviously wasn't. So I'm thinking, I have to think, that the greater media executives are going to make this big hire. They're probably their last shot at it. Someone with local ties. And I narrowed it down to three people. Uh, former program director of WXYT AM, uh, Kevin Graham, a fellow West Bloomfield uh, High School graduate like myself, of course, Greg Henson, who we – Your uh, boy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> depending on the day of the week, Greg Henson. Well, it depends on how public it is yeah. you know, now. <laughs> program director in Pittsburgh, 97 ESPN, and then WQAM's program director – Who's a little? I don't know how much you know Ryan McGuire. That's the one guy I don't really know. Interesting you know too. I don't because he left Grand Rapids the year I graduated college, so I didn't really run into Ryan a lot. Um, I know of his work, and I know that he's done well for himself moving ahead. So for him to come back, you're right. He's kind of that name that has been out of the market now for close to a decade, but he would know what it takes to succeed in the Michigan market. And he would also probably know better than to give Drew Sharp, Sharp a time slot. I think you got it right first time when you said Drew Sharp, Sharp S-H-A-R-T. <laughs> I think that was a uh, what Was that Freudian, Freudian slip? slip. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what's going to happen. I have uh, reached out to Buzz Knight, who is the vice president of programming or whatever, whatever his title is. He's a big shot on the East Coast for greater <laughs> media. I think the guy should sit down and talk <clears> to me about what I – I mean considering every article I've written – about the station since the day I attended the opening press conference has been dead nuts on. How have you not been? How have you not been invited to a focus group? Oh, that's the they other thing. T-shirts yeah. Thank and you. pizza and water bottles. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you brought. How that up. How did you not get invited to that? I, I'm glad you brought that up because someone tweeted out today, mm-hmm. some guy who's got a Red Wing blog or something, that he was invited to a uh, a focus, focus group, group. Yeah. and they've been having like. Two or three of these? They had them back in January? Yeah. Had this be- one was January. Yeah, they had one for Dixon, too. Yeah. but so, so they had one in January, and I guess Buzz was there, from what I was told. That's surprising. 
and that, that, that this went on as far as it did if, if he was there yeah, back so, in January. Well, he was there in January, and I was told that there was like 15 people or something in the group. And not only did some of the people – and these, this guy – first of all, the guy who told me this is like got everyone on the Detroit sports track blocked. So like Mahir, you can't even follow the guy. Yeah. He's, he's like preemptively blocked all of these DSR associates. I think I, I, I was blocked myself. So this isn't some guy who was like had some sort of um, affiliation with us. You know, he doesn't like us. His name's Mike Rizzo, I think. So yep. it sounds like a I'm char- checking to see if I can still yeah. read yeah. his tweets. It sounds like a character from the Jerky Boys. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, but he was adding you. He was even directing. A right, right, right. I think he you. wanted to get out his point, but he yeah. doesn't. I don't think he likes me. Yep. But anyway, he said that that it's a, that a few people brought up the Drew Sharp plagiarism story during the focus group. And that Buzz didn't even know that the story existed, that his PM Drive co-host, the brand new hire to replace Detroit radio legend Drew Lane, was embroiled embroiled in this scandal that was currently going on. And I'm thinking, Dave Shore doesn't have any duty to tell his boss that we employ this guy who's kind of under siege, that people are calling the show and calling him a plagiarist. I mean, this is happening day after day. There's there's websites nationally, awful announcing locally, uh, Metro Times, Deadline Detroit that are going after this guy, and he doesn't. And Buzz was like, he didn't know. And what I was told by this guy, this Rizzo, uh, that every single person in the focus group unanimously said that Drew Sharp had to go. Everyone. I, and how many weeks later? Was Drew Sharp gone yeah, and Matt Derry? Just like six weeks later. Have you ever taken place in one of these focus groups? I have never, and we never had. You don't have one, a budget up there no. in uh, in Grand Haven. <laughs> no, what are we not even for? during the summer. I mean, I, mean, you, I mean, maybe we could have gotten a bunch of Dutch people up there with some Wilhelmina peppermints <laughs> and windmill cookies to sit down for ten minutes. But how do you do that? I mean, did Dave Short like tell Buzz? Well, I, I wouldn't want you on a, on my jury then if I had to tell you to. What was it they told that lady or whatever that oh, called right, right, or whatever right. and said that Drew Sharp was a bad example of the kids and he just tried to play yeah. it off like she was jumping to conclusions <laughs> about how he had been – at that point he had been suspended. Right. He had been secret – double secret probation suspended like Michael Jordan in the NBA or whatever and uh, and it was – you know, he was just back and then Derry's like he needs to apologize and then Drew wouldn't so then they back down mm-hmm. like yeah. pussies there was, there and was, just let him back on the air. Yeah, there was – obviously Shore had no idea what he was doing. Uh, clearly, he was, you know, someone else in the business told me, you don't get to your mid-40s in this business with never being a program director unless there's some mm-hmm. sort of red flag. And he had, he was an opera, he was some, he had some job in Los Angeles, but he was never he, the program director at that yeah, station. He works for the Lakers, uh, pregame and postgame host for, I think, their regional uh, network. Or yeah. It was like the radio, so it wasn't... He had some, know. like, I think he was a kind of the assistant PD. He yeah. was an L.A. update guy. Yeah. That's really what he is. Assistant PD means you do all the paperwork and you don't get paid. That's what assistant <laughs> PD means. <laughs> because they tried to make me assistant PD and I asked what the responsibilities are and it was paperwork and not getting paid. And I was 26. So yeah, yeah, if you're 45. 26 and they're trying to force a PD job on you, then yeah. being 40 and not having a PD job before means that you have not been in the right situations in radio. So is is 105.1 salvageable? If they go out and hire Greg Henson, can this can, can this station be saved after three years? And I, the article I wrote a couple months ago, what, what I would do, 
And not everything is look, look I I threw out some ideas. Not everything was a was a brilliant plan. Some of the things I might not even do today. Um, you know, Drew Lane, I don't think has in, any interest in doing a morning program ever again. And that was one of my suggestions because I thought you could get away with doing a non-sports centric uh, sports show, quote unquote, in the morning just because your competition basically is Stoney McAllister and they're mm-hmm. talking about you know back hair removal and uh, colonoscopies live on the air. So I thought you could get away with that, but from what I've told, Drew doesn't want to do. Uh, so I'm, I think I'm, today they were talking about not seeing Star Wars. Because that's topical, <laughs> right? Uh, so I, I just I don't know. Is, is is it salvageable? Does it completely have to be rebranded? Do you need a new name? Uh, to me, it's just so toxic. At this point, you've gone through two program direct. I mean, at this point, you're basically you look like you're like the early '80s New York Yankees with Steinbrenner just firing people just to hope that something changes. But what is going to change unless? The greater media executives buy into an attack 97-1 plan, become cutting, you know, a little more raw, honest. There is no honest programming going on there. You know, you go on there and you're like, you can't, the elephant in the room is the ratings. Everyone knows that you're Mm -hmm. struggling. To me, you give me a job as a contributor to that station. I go on from day one and say, here's all the mistakes that these people have made. This is why we're going to improve the rate. Be upfront with people. I think people want honesty. There's a reason that Howard Stern is the number one radio personality of all time because he came in, told it like it was, railed against his bosses. That's what people want, I believe. I think that's what Henson would bring with me, myself, as a contributor to the station uh, and others. What am I missing? I don't. I think you've got it because that's the only way to survive. They're not surviving the way they are, and, and their big problem is 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 PM drive. I think they're going to stick with what they've got going on in the morning and the middays, just because I think they're out of money, frankly, to to spend. Because you're going to need money on a new branding campaign. You're going to need to market the station. I'll come cheap as a contributor. You, you really do, though. They have to I got a job, themselves. Buzz. And they've got to be able to pay someone for PM Drive. I was listening to PM Drive on the way in, and it's just Pasco and Hunter trying to awkwardly laugh at each other's stories as they, like, mumble through some headlines. Did they even talk about Shore being gone? Oh, not that I heard. I only listened for 10 minutes, but it was it, – it's just whatever. They know that for the next two weeks they're just being evaluated, and then something's going to happen. But it's not going to be them. They haven't moved the needle, and they're not going to move the needle. Detroit's a PPM market, if I'm not mistaken. So they know right away that this is not working. And whoever hires, it's just like bringing in Bob Quinn. He's going to want his guys in PM drive because that's your moneymaker. That's your bread and butter. And uh, that's going to be another hire and another thing. So it would be good if they could bring in a guy that could maybe either make a big splash with a hire in PM drive or do it himself. I think that's why Henson and McGuire are two guys that they make sense. And uh, if Henson comes in and he's allowed to bring on some people, namely yourself, that I think that that's the splash they would need to at least make waves in the market. Because otherwise, you're just another vanilla talker that's going to get crushed by Valente because people hate listen to him or they love him. 
and there's just no reason to turn the dial unless 97 ones and break, and then they just can't wait to go back to 97 one because honestly, it's just boring. It's been boring for three years, and there's no reason to listen to it right now. Yeah, you should embrace confrontation on the radio. Like they're always hanging up on prank callers, or they'll embrace oh, debate. I guess in some. Are sort- you the Indian version of Jamie uh, <laughs> Horowitz? Horowitz. There we go. You you do though. Think about it. Like all these, you'll, that's how you make news. You know, and you you'll. Well, make- I don't think you have to be. See, you don't have to be Skip Bayless. You don't have to be Stephen A. Smith. You don't have to be cowherd. Jim, but, Jim but, Rome's a good example, right. though. But you don't have to be lowest common denominator yeah. sports talk radio. But you need to have strong opinions. You need to be true to yourself. And you can't be you, – you've got a target. You can go after – I mean, 97.1 is a bunch of slapdicks like yeah. Karsh and, and Anderson. So you have a, such a – I hate to say it, a huge target over there yeah. with, with Scott Anderson. <laughs> well, and that's why I mean, is... you could you could literally if I'm if I'm advising Henson, and this is what I tell him on Tuesday, you tape the ten dumbest shit things that Karsh and Anderson say, and then you come on the program Wednesday on your own station and you play them and you just mock the guy exactly confront just, them head on. Yeah, confront them head on. And as I said in my article that I just posted about who to hire, you know, if, well, be it Graham or McGuire, or Henson, whoever, someone else I, I haven't even thought of. You, 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 you've got such material there to, take, go, to go right after them. It, it's really, it, and it hasn't been taken advantage of in the last three years. It, it, it's ridiculous. And there's people who are begging for an alternative, and they just, they, they haven't had it. it, it it's... Well, in... I know we're getting a little bit of flack on the the Facebook page about this discussion, especially from fake Gator Scott Anderson, who has hated me from day one of my (laughs) co-hostingship. Never read the comments, Ryan. Uh, But this is important because 97.1 is a scourge on the sports radio market here in the Midwest, and they get all these props nationally because people are lazy, and they look at the numbers, and they kill it. They kill it because they have the Tigers – which they um, ahem, outbid 105.14 for in definitely an up-and-up way. And then they also just don't have any competition. Well, people for years have been whining about competition. WDFN, when I worked there, begged, begged upper management, if you let us go to FN, we will win. If you let them get a head start, we will lose, and we will never be able to recover. And management's like, no, we could never put sports on the FM. What are you talking about? That's a stupid idea. That'll never work. And then they watch CBS rise to the top. So now you finally have that alternative. You finally have a chance, and if it doesn't work, it's going to die. And then it's never going to come back because everyone's going to look at that and say, what a money pit, what a stupid decision, the giant can't be taken down, everybody sit there and listen to the virginal manatee, get confused by war, and that's your sports talk in this town because we just need to pay six bucks a month to maintain this jukebox radio station. Yeah, the bar is set so low. I mean, you can only, there's not much you have to do to beat the virginal manatee in cars. So they should really go after Henson, someone of that And like sort. I said in the article, look, if they don't want to get in the muck, it's not like they've been perf- they've had highbrow entertainment Just on for the last 30. Just be interesting. Yeah. Just be no, but, interesting. But, they, but they have, they've had Drew Lane and, 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 and Drew and Mike talking about, you know, th- th- these guys weren't saints. 
Chuck the Freak isn't some neutered radio personality. Mm-hmm. What are they scared of Greg Henson? That, or me, for that matter. I, I don't get it. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we will discuss the Chris Connor Cook story, Brad Osmus's, uh potential job status, and a bunch of other crap that uh, you're probably all dying to hear. We'll get into... <laughs> We'll get into so a little. We'll get us into a little deeper, maybe a little honest radio coming up after this uh, Jimmy Buffett song. This is a previously recorded episode. That was Jimmy Buffett and Cheeseburger in Paris here on WNBC. So you got the Dave Shore pipes down already? Yeah, exactly. I blame Mahir for this, by the way. He made us do this. Made us do what? Play the Buffett, Buffett music. Well, he's a big Jimmy Buffett fan from way back. Honest question, Mahir. How many numbers did you get wearing that shirt? How many numbers did I get wearing this shirt? No, the shirt from the, the oh, post. Uh, oh. All of zero. But let's let's be honest, though. I wasn't trying to get any numbers that night. And then I was... But you were peacocking because that's mm. the only explanation <laughs> explain the shirt? why you would wear that. Can we explain the shirt? It, it's a very stylish shirt. I what explain it? Explain it in Tony Paul's words. Uh-huh. No, don't even. No, 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 no. We're no, not allowed to mention it. It's a NC-17 comment by Tony Paul. <laughs> I guess Ryan doesn't know the rules of the show. You're not supposed to ever mention Tony. So now we have to just chimp Well, I'm sorry. It only took three tweets for Tony to mention you today. It's a very nice shirt I bought from J. Crew. you know? It's... It's a good shirt. Good I'm shirt. I'm sure it was stylish somewhere in Cambodia. <laughs> All right. So anyway. I like it. Mahir. Don't let him no, beat not, up not, on you. No, no, she no, does no, not no. know what she's talking no, about. No, I don't. It's not this shirt. We'll show you I'll the shirt. I'll show you a picture. We'll show you. No, no, we'll no. We'll tweet okay. out a picture He's of Mahir. He's wearing dress normally today. <laughs> we'll tweet out a picture of Mahir's shirt later. But anyway, all right. Let's get into uh, the DSR making national news uh, late last week. Uh, so let's start with the genesis of, the genesis of this story. I think last Monday, Josh Katzenstein from the Detroit News, a, a nice Jewish gentleman who had his bar mitzvah when he was 13 <laughs> and uh, is the Lions beat writer and a guy who wants me dead and buried. He actually doesn't care if I'm buried, supposedly, as what I've heard. He just wants me dead. Great choice of friends. Yeah, exactly. Big, big, real good choice of friends that Josh has there with uh, the old... Uh, the beast. Yeah, the beast, Anthony <laughs> Fenach. But... Uh, which we can get to later about you know him and Mad Dog the other day. So uh, anyway, Josh writes a story. A bunch of anonymous sources, like I don't know how many, but it was a just an overwhelming amount of people after the NFL draft saying that Josh, uh, excuse me, uh, Connor Cook fell because personality issues. Uh, teammates were telling you know his teammates that were. At the combine, telling other teams that he wasn't a great leader, blah blah blah. Everything that the DSR has been reporting for a few months now that Joe Rex wrote and Graham Couch were denying. So Josh writes this article, and it's anonymous. But uh, as I stated on Twitter, Detroit News goes through great lengths when there are articles that are dependent on anonymous sources, making sure that this was well researched and that there's no flaws. So there was no problem, in my opinion, with that article. Of course, there was a firestorm after that because people, you know, they don't want to read what they don't want to read. So Michigan State fans read this article and said, or a lot of them, the biased ones who can't see the red clearly. Red Cedar ones? Yeah, the Red Cedar, red cedar <laughs> message Spart- board Spartan guy. Spartan Ryan. Right. That, oh, my God, this is horrible. Anonymous sources, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, that's terrible. This is a kid, good kid, and uh, Josh is, is is wrong, and he shouldn't have done this, which is fine from the fans, I guess. Then Mark D'Antonio, the head coach of the Michigan State Spartans, goes in and, and tweets, subtweets Josh, basically saying this was his winning record at Michigan State, and you know, that a, has a lot to do with what the guy's like as a yeah. person yeah, and right. as a leader. Right. He, is, he called it a gossip column. Is that, what, my, he, is yeah. that what D'Antonio did? Yeah. Okay. So he bombed Josh without mentioning him by name, which only further stoked the fires mm-hmm. of the Red Cedar message board people and the Michigan State slappies. Then, on top of that, here comes Chris, Chris Cook, <laughs> Connor's father, who calls Katzenstein out on Twitter what do you call him, a scumbag or yeah. scum, media Sc- scum? Yeah. Yeah. Or, oh, another writer-scribe scumbag or yeah. scum-scribe. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So now, look, the former Detroit Sports Rag managing editor, Justin Spiro, and we'll get into that probably in a few seconds now that I've mentioned uh, his name. We'll probably have to talk about it. But the former co-host of this program had, had told me through a national source that one of the problems with Connor Cook was teams view the quarterback position, the father of a prospective draftee, as an issue, and they evaluate that. Now, it's not a make it or break it, but it's just another thing that they throw into the mix. And Chris Cook, Connor's father, was on our radar. So we saw this message attacking Josh, and even though he's not a fan of our website or the show or me personally, even though we share a common lineage, <laughs> I was going to defend Josh because I thought what he did was fine. So I asked our fellow co-host today, Mihir Bahatnagar, who is our chief in post-diving and going and finding information, uh, to go look into Chris Cook's Twitter account. And what, there were about 1,800 tweets that yeah. he had? he has about, I think, 1,800 tweets. And then uh, I actually went through all 1,800. Yeah, how long did that take you? Oh, a little over an hour. <laughs> yeah, a little over an hour. So when I found out Mahir was on the show today, I deleted everything. <laughs> I took my Facebook page down. I deleted all tweets post-2014. Yeah, I, really- I, don't, I, don't need, I don't need any of that shit coming back on me. So Mahir goes, in, and we didn't know what we were going to find, right, Mahir? I mean, yeah, we had yeah. no idea. I just wanted to see what he would tweet. I mean, I saw his first few tweets, and I was like, all right, this guy's like a hardcore Republican. You know, maybe there's something there. But Yeah, he called know. Harry Reid an idiot. Yeah. And we were, like, joking because he said, you're an idiot, and he spelled it Y-O-U-R, <laughs> which is the typical Trump supporter uh, bashing someone with a horrible misspelling. And if you went through all 1,800 tweets, I don't think you ever found one where you got your and your right, ever. Atrocious grammar and spelling. Yeah, just terrible. So we didn't know what we were going to find. And then you started sending them to me, and I just started tweeting them out um, as they came in, Mm -hmm. not knowing that eventually we were going to just strike absolute gold. uh, Like... I mean, this this was absolutely crazy. So now we get into a tweet where, and I'll I'll read some of the better ones. Okay. This one's from Chris Cook in uh, December of 2013 to Rachel Maddow, the uh, co-host, oh, excuse me, the host of uh, of her own show on MSNBC. Yep. And she happens to be a lesbian. So this is the tweet. How are those ratings doing? Let's see. Show I picked. 
Just, I'm just, I'm just reading. No, it. just read it. Read <laughs> the tweet. Right. Let's see. Show I pick a homely liberal dyke to watch tonight, or a beautiful heterosexual conservative. Who I guess she was Megan Kelly. Megan Kelly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As that, a Dutch person, I'm insulted. He misspelled dyke. <laughs> yeah, he misspelled dyke. He said show instead of should. It, 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 just just disaster. Then, disaster. Then what, what's Bashir's first name? The guy used to be on CNN. Uh, you should know that. You're a foreigner. <laughs> what was Bashir al-Assad? No, I don't know. No, I forget, his, oh, I forget his name. But So this guy used to be on CNN. Uh, he used to host a show. He tweets to him, you're a pathetic foreigner. Why don't you have a fair discussion instead of having two, three libs lying about Romney Ryan 2012 policy, truth question mark. He then goes on to defend uh, Kurt Schilling, giving him advice to never change. Brilliant advice considering just the last month, Kurt Schilling got fired for never changing. <laughs> he goes after Brittany Grenier's uh, sexual, her gender. Hey, here's a great tweet. I keep my penis shoes in my car parked in the garage. I don't even know what the fuck that means. He basically wishes death on the Reverend Al Sharpton. Now, look, I'm not a big Reverend Al Sharpton fan. I'm old enough to remember the whole Tawana Brawley incident. But if my son is a quarterback at Michigan State University and a potential first or second round pick, probably not going on Twitter and wishing death threats on civil rights leaders. That's just me. (laughs) I know a couple of agents, professional sports agents, and how – they did not take Connor Cook's uh, representation and say, okay, you got an image problem. We know you got an image problem from the captain thing. And how somebody did not dive in on either his social media or family social media. Because Connor's got a uh, hashtag fags blast as well. Yeah, right. Connor it has is. some questionable yeah. stuff, but then so he actually deleted so it. He, yeah. he deleted it. Well, yeah. that was four years ago, too. Yeah. I think, you, you know, you're an incoming freshman, that, that kind of stuff. It hadn't been cleaned up, but somebody should have taken a look at it. Like, mm-hmm. we are going to go into the combine and we are going to present a new front. How this was missed falls on his agent, too, because there's always that, you know, uh, black sheep, to quote the Chris Farley movie, that you got to take care of all the family loose ends as well. And uh, this was something well, I'm, I'm that was just sitting out there that nobody found. It took us forever to right. find I'm it. I'm embarrassed that it took us until the last week to discover this. Because, because he we, showed up on the big lead blasting uh, people with the the whole um, cycle of uh, of um, downgrading players and yeah. stuff like that. Who, Chris Cook did? No, Chris Cook showed oh, up on oh. that a weeks before, and it was very innocuous. Here's one to Matt Drudge. I knew it. N-E-W, by the way, not, <laughs> forgot the K. Obama is gay. The college stories are true. Oh, my Lord. Did he run out of characters? I don't think he did. Spike nope. Lee is a racist motherfucker. <laughs> CNN. And meanwhile, it's hash, hashtag racist, hashtag motherfucker, hashtag, hashtag CNN. What an abortion. Because whenever I search CNN, I also search mother effer. And I was just like, hey, where do these come together? Because I need to find out. Why do chicks with big asses think it's sexy? This is you're the, how old are you? Are you twelve? You have a son who graduated from Michigan State University who's looking at late first round, second round. You you can't withhold does, does from Connor this? Cook not follow his dad. Does he not know all this stuff? Here's another out there? great one. Here's another great one. This was a retweet. We never even got to go through all the retweets and likes. Oh god, because yeah. there was thousands and thousands of them. And by the time we had 
busted our nut. Uh, Chris Cook had, had first put his Twitter account to private and then just completely deleted it entirely when Deadspin picked up our article. This is a great one. Florida gun owner declares store Muslim-free zone in wake of Chattanooga shootings. A picture of some redneck with the fucking <laughs> Confederate flag behind him. I can't hit retweet quick enough on that one. Mihir, um, did you also favorite that one when you found it? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually. I favorited a bunch of these tweets just to make sure. and then. So there's so many things sprouting out of this story that I don't even know. I, 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 where do we even begin? Uh, the first one I would say is it, it gets picked up by everyone in the country. Like we said before. Barstool. Uh, for, first off, yeah, Barstool picks it up. By the way, can we f- fuck Barstool, by the way? You know, at least the big lead and awful announcing and Despin, they maybe cut out a few pictures and make a few references, but mainly they're directing you to my story with a link saying well, they you want the whole you. story. They did right. source But you. they also don't yeah. overly put too much information in their article because they know that they're an aggregate thing here on this situation. Fucking Barstool, which I don't follow and I never read. I, I hear it's a bunch of... Just lowest cannot common denominator crap. They just take my whole article. Yeah, with your help, of course, with all the post diving. Copy, copy and paste <laughs> the whole damn thing and just posted it. Yeah, like here's the problem: what? With Barstool, you, you thieves. <laughs> you you can work at Barstool for the uh, very high price of five ninety nine an hour. If you just submit an online application, are you serious? Oh, that's I thought I can write w- for him right now. I thought minimum wage was seven ninety five. Nah, not on the internet. They skate that through. Oh that? shit, not <laughs> on the internet. All right, so everyone, this is a national story. It was on the cover of Yahoo.com. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big site, well, right? Because people USA want today. to know. Here's actual information other than Josh Caxon seen hearsay. Hashtag stupid Mark D'Antonio. Here's actual information. Here's actual tweets and actual information that people can look to. This this is like, look, maybe the kid didn't tweet it, but but the whole apple doesn't fall far from the tree analogy could hold true. Okay, we'll get to that in a second. We'll get to that issue. Because, I mean, like, also, this guy's going to fit in great in the black hole punching people. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole other matter. That's That's a whole other issue. Okay, so everyone picks it up nationally. Locally, locally. Does anyone touch it? 97.1, not a mention. Except for Dennis Fithy and I hear like at 2 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> mentions it for five seconds. Uh, but, none, but none of the none of the actual primetime shows, the, the ones that matter, discuss it. 105.1, don't touch it with a 10-foot pole. The free press, nope. Detroit News, I was told, we're not doing this story. I was told by someone that we're not touching it. Emla, nobody. Why? Because it originated from the Detroit sports rag. It is so fucking pathetic that this entire town, while the nation is discussing this story, there's a media blackout because the Detroit sports rag was the one who uncovered this. And let me tell you something, Ryan. It didn't take much. I just said to me here, check it out. Graham Couch could have done this. Joe Rexford could have done this. Max Harbino could have done this. Anyone. Well, they could have done it years ago. The, a lot of these tweets are old. And Mahir, what, you said an hour, yeah. hour or two worth of yeah. work? And then all of a sudden, Jeff, Detroit Detroit News is willing to go online and defend their sourcing. Their editors are answering Twitter questions. 
Katzenstein is defending his sourcing. Right, Gary Miles, the managing editor. Uh, right? Yep. Uh, you know, our, our our friend David Harnes is having a conversation with them, and it's a journalistic conversation about sourcing. All of that's fine. You guys, I, I should say us, we, the Detroit Sports Rag, because I'm the co-host of the show forevermore. <laughs> no, you guys present in the article about... Uh, actual tweets that could be found until the account the account was made private and then deleted, but screenshots, substantial evidence of something that we defend- could have tipped people off we- to something. Josh Katzenstein is under siege from MSU Nation, and I provide, with Mahir's help, the smoking gun about Chris Cook, about Connor Cook, basically, and they say, we'll take a pass because we don't like Jeff Miss. Like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? All right, so that's the first point. The second point Should I want to make. Should have just been Mahir's byline. It was Saul. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, yeah, exactly. Because they <laughs> love the guy who's imitating their retired <laughs> dead sports columnist, last Jerry time, Green. Last time my name was on the byline, I got Sadly, blocked by Jerry. Sadly, it still would have been better than your byline. Yeah, that's, that, that's true. So, okay, so the second point of this is the comments, okay? And I barely read any of the comments. There's mm. like, on this story, there's like 167. Oh, shit. On my, yeah. On, yeah, so it's like, I, I read about three of them. Okay, first of all, this, the, people tried to make this a segregated issue on two fronts. One, that it was Michigan versus Michigan State. Well, um, Chris Cook himself tried to make it that yeah. way. Oh, yeah, exactly. Chris Cook called me a scum, S-C, capital U-M. He changed the one his, word he, he, yeah. he thought he you were Brian bio. Yeah, he traded he traded his chitter box. You know what it was? Do you even have that? It was about yeah, it was I'll like some he started flaming Michigan fans about what Connor Cook's record was against Michigan. It was, I'm not a Michigan fan. I don't give two shits. I'm agnostic about this civil war in this freaking state. I don't care. And the, the co-author or excuse me, not the co-author, but the person who was responsible for the the tip about Chris Cook being a problem with Connor Cook's draft status was Justin Spiro, and in the damn article, I'm posting article, uh, excuse me, pictures of Spiro's condo in Lansing, which looks like Sparty came all over the apartment, and that was how it was decorated. Like first picture, Michigan State, Michigan State Sparty logo um, bedspread. Picture of Mark D'Antonio, Mateen Cleaves jersey. More pictures of Michigan State, Michigan State bar stools, Michigan State leather. Sofa. Where do you even buy a Michigan State leather sofa? Is there a specialized art van in East Lansing that sells a sofa, a freaking sectional with Sparty's logo yeah. on it? Bubba Smith retired retired jersey or jersey. I, I think we missed the picture of Connor Cook in that condo. By the way, yeah, yeah. This is this is the Michigan bias. I have the bio if you want. Yeah, me. read the bio, please. Connor Cook's dad, please let me remind you, MSU beat UM all three years he started. He and the Spartans own the Wolverines, and they will continue to own you losers. Yeah, that was his bio before he deleted it. His bio. Read that again, please. Connor Cook's dad, please let me remind you, MSU beat UM all three years he started. He and the Spartans own the Wolverines, and they will continue to own you losers. So, so, okay, so Michigan fans are on MGO blog loving this. The Michigan State fans, this isn't this isn't the issue. Then it be, goes from that to a Republican, Democrat, conservative, liberal thing. 
at some point, you just have to know when you've lost. And that's what Michigan State fans do not want to admit. You just have to admit, okay, the, our quarterback who had character questions, his dad sucks. Like There's just nothing else about it. You have to own it. You have to own it at some point. This isn't a red and blue deal. My uncle, who my business partner, he voted for John Kasich. He doesn't go around directly tweeting to Rachel Maddow calling her a dyke. Uh, the Ryan Schuling, who I do the show once a week with, voted for little Marco Rubio. I don't go on Ryan Schuling's Twitter account and see him wishing death on Al Sharpton. This is beyond the pale, people. This isn't, oh, you don't like, you're a liberal, so you don't like... No, that's not it. I'm sure there's fine Republicans who don't go on Twitter. Moss, you can't comment on Chris Cook's dealings because you don't follow Michigan militia. <laughs> you don't know what this guy's gone through. Snooky equals nasty hoe. What's that got to do with Donald Trump? Okay. That's what he said. That's his best tweet. You can't hold that against him. That's a really good tweet. Oh. If you buy tampons for your girlfriend, they should give you a coupon for a blowjob upon purchase. Yep. <laughs> You're the father of a quarterback who's looking to make what, millions. What did they talk about when Mark D'Antonio sat in oh, this guy's living room? Okay. What did they talk oh. about? Well, that's the other thing. Because Mark D'Antonio, man of faith, did he agree? I'm sure. Yeah, Chris, when you buy tampons, I agree. I'm sure Mark D'Antonio, for the record, is a conservative Republican. Yeah. But I'm guessing that he's not going to attack... Rachel Maddow for liking to lick the carpet. I just don't. I don't think that's going to happen. It's just, this guy's this is unstable. not a red and blue thing. This is insanity. But but because you brought up what this guy said, because if I remember the the barrage of screenshots, Jeff, you just retweeted what this guy said. That made you one a U of M homer and uh, two. I, I don't remember another point that he brought up. A PC. Literally, oh, yeah, you're yeah. a PC place. <laughs> PC yes. bro. A PC, PC bro, because, yeah. Because, hey, hey, bro, it's okay to call people dykes, bro. Don't be so PC, If, if anyone bro. knows anything about me, it's I'm politically correct. Yes. I mean, that's, that's what this show is built have, on. Have you listened to this show? 29 <laughs> episodes of political correctness. Yeah, over the last 52 minutes, this shows anything but politically correct. I'm not a social warrior at all. This is This stuff was just gross. And I'm glad Chris Cook can sleep at night knowing he cost... His son, hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions, no, it's of millions. Thousands. millions. Because of the stupid rookie pay scale, this really hurt him. Right. Yeah. Is it because back in the day, if the you NFL remember, teams knew this, the NFL teams knew this. As shit. a Detroit Lions fan, I'm very aware of the the BS that was the old rookie scale. You could negotiate as a guy like Chris Cook's agent that did a piss poor job of, of vetting out the rest of his social media life. Could have said, hey. My client is a first-round talent. I know you got him in the fourth, but we want a deal. We want to talk, and we're going to hold out. And you could have actually maybe squeezed a few hundred K out of the Oakland Raiders to do that. But now you're on a scale, bro. You're screwed. You have a cap, and you have a floor, and you're going to find a, a, a place in between because the teams have all the leverage in that case. So the third angle of the story that we need to discuss, and I've avoided talking about it for 55 minutes, is uh, Justin Spiro. And I, I, the next, this story and the next story are both Spiro-centric, 
So I don't think we can get away with not talking about the fact that he's not here today. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would be just kind of weird. So here's what occurred. Um, last Thursday afternoon when we found out about these tweets and you started sending them to me, me here, uh, I started aggregating them and Trying, you know, trying to get him into a position where I can make a few smart ass comments. It yeah. really it wasn't much of an article there. Basically, we just let Chris Cook hang himself, and he he did most of the writing of that article. Um, so, I, I posted on our uh, private website where we our Facebook page where we basically kind of discuss Detroit sports react business. That please send it to me all the tweets. I'm retweeting them just you know, as they come. And at some point when I saw the Dyke Rachel Maddow one, I said, okay, I gotta write an article about this. Gotta post it. And we've now let our the cat out of the bag because we didn't know that was coming. And for the last half hour we've been tweeting um these incendiary messages, but nothing too terrible. You, you thought he was a run of the mill doofus. Right. Yeah. Not There's not nothing not out there except this guy's just an idiot. Yeah, we didn't know until we knew. And by the time we did figure it out, uh, we had posted a lot of stuff that was bringing attention to this Chris Cook um, Twitter account, which, as we've stated, later was made private and then was deleted. So time, in my opinion, and the opinion, I think, of everyone else, wouldn't you agree, Mahir, on the website, except for Spiro, that time was of the essence. This had to go. I'm followed by uh, people from Awful Announcing, The Big Lead. Not to mention the Detroit media, who, if we would have waited, could have brought this to yeah, light, and then correct, then not had to give us any credit at all. So I figured we got to get this up there, uh, just for the story that we're going to post this and everyone's going to ignore it, which is a, mm-hmm. a, a, you know occurred. This wasn't hidden from Spiro that I was writing this article. As a matter of fact, I went on and said uh, I need those pictures of his condominium from East Lansing because. I wanted to make the point. I knew what the the, the, the brushback from Connor Cook's father was going to be. It was going to be that I'm a Michigan fan and I hate his son because of that. So I wanted to show him that we are agnostic about that situation. In fact, one one of the uh, key members of the website lives and dies with everything Michigan State. And here are pictures of his condominium. Well, one of the key guys that had information about right. him. Right. Yeah. Okay. So Spiro sends me the pictures, like five or six of them, and I then later asked – I need I, I couldn't find uh, Chris, uh, Chris Cook's tweet about to Josh Katzenstein because then by this point I'm writing the article and it's private now. His account's private. So a few people – I had, I had BCAV yeah. and some others. I said, you know, follow him before he, 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 he makes his account private. And so I asked someone to send me that. So for about 45 minutes to an hour, it was known I was writing an article about about this topic. So I get it done. I post it on Twitter. I post it on the Facebook page and disseminate it. And right away, Spiro starts whining on Twitter and on Facebook that, A, he should have been the one that wrote the article. And B, if he didn't write the article, he should have had editorial control over it. And why was that the case? Because he was the one who had this national source, which he did, 
that Connor Cook's father was one of the issues and why he why uh, why he fell to the fourth round. That Chris Cook was part of the reason he didn't go in the late uh, late first, early second. He fell to the fourth. It's part of it, not all of it. Obviously, there was the leadership issues and other things. My issue was a few things. One, this really wasn't a Connor Cook story. This was a Chris Cook story. This was about Chris Cook's tweets. I added the background about Spiro for one reason only, the preemptive strike against being attacked as a Michigan fan from Chris Cook. That was it. That is why that stuff was put in there. This was never meant to be the definitive story about all of our background sourcing about Connor Cook's fall. That was never the case. But because Spiro had the national source linking Connor Cook's father to the fall, he thought this should be his story. Even though he's had that information not only from the national source, but from someone inside the Michigan State Athletic Program uh, for the last few months. And he never wrote that article for the Detroit Sports Drag. He never posted it. In fact, in that, I think you can... Did he come to you for it, though? Did he request it at any point? No, no, he's got carte blanche. He He had... He Spiro had. I would assume because I don't know the inner workings. He would inform you. I'm working on no, something. No, no, no. He was never. He wasn't working on it. Spiro had the ability to go post an article without even telling me. He had the password to the site. Um, he could do what he just asked me. He he knew he could do whatever he wanted. Just tweets the. If editor. I dropped if I dropped dead uh, two weeks ago, the, the website was Spiro's. Okay, I mean, it was me and Spiro, and it would have been his. Nobody else's. He had what he could do whatever he wanted. So, so he was upset that for those two reasons, which to me were ridiculous, because you had every opportunity over the last few months if you wanted to. He goes on to Facebook to the, the private website where we discuss, you know, internal business, and asked the question: Did I ever even bring this Connor Cook, Chris Cook issue up on a podcast? So he couldn't even recall if this, you know, great scoop he had, if we ever mentioned in passing on this podcast. I had a segment. Am, am I wrong here? You are correct. Okay. He then basically accuses me, and correct me if I'm wrong, anyone, because you both were privy to these messages, that he wasn't getting cre- he wasn't getting credit, that that he wasn't going to get credit for this story because I wrote it. And not him, and it was really his story to tell. Am I, am I wrong about that? Correct. That was the accusation. Right. Yeah. So I got pissed. You know, it's one thing that I've got to fight the, the teams. i got to deal with Henrik Zetterberg calling me out and saying that I'm making stuff up and then never following through and meeting with me, which I've requested. Still no call from him. Still no call from Henrik Zetterberg. I've got to deal with the fact that the Detroit sports media refuses to acknowledge that we exist. That I had to today a, fa- a, a, a pretty a person pretty friendly with a goddamn site, Tony Paul. I had to call him out today on Twitter for not properly giving us credit for a story we broke with Detroit Sports 105. That's a friend of the site, basically. I got I had to get into a fight with him today. 
By friend, you mean doesn't hate? Exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, I, how many how, on how many on how many levels do I need to fight? Do I need to fight with the guy who's my managing editor? Because a guy who's known me for I don't know thirteen years, because he gets upset with me because I told him to shut the fuck up and stop being a petulant child about this issue. But but let's let's bring it out there because this is where you have a chance to, to answer and, and I know and, and that, by the way they've, Spiro they've could be here. He I, could. Spiro is the one who said he's done with the website. You he's invited done with him the podcast, and then he could have been on here. So Spiro is not here because Spiro doesn't want to be here. Okay, okay. Let's make that perfectly clear. So let me, let me play. And, and by the way, one more thing before you go into this, Spiro. I'm not mad at Spiro. I'm not mad at Spiro at all. Okay, I still like Spiro. I'm not the one who blocked I, – I didn't block Spiro on Twitter. Spiro blocked me on Twitter. I'm not the one who unfriended Spiro on Facebook. Spiro unfriended me on Facebook, okay? That, that's – this is, this is not I'm – not, I'm not mad at him. I, I want that perfectly clear. Now go and say what you were going to say. Well, I, I just – I want to have the discussion because I know some people are interested because I was interested when yeah. this all went down. I know Mahir watched it unfold as I well. I am. So well, we is very interested. Where's Justin? Why are these two trolls here? Shows up today. That's not what I thought. No. That's not what, what you thought, but it is what you no. said. What Jessica it's said. You said. I said no, no such thing. What, no, exactly. Uh, you want to quote what Jessica, what Jessica said was when she walked in and saw Spiro wasn't here and the two of you were here was uh, she yelled at me for not giving her notice so she yeah. put her eyeliner on. Well, I know that's Spiro. What happened. Right. Okay. So, so go anyway. On. This go is on. a judge-free zone, Jessica. <laughs> well, that's good. Judge-free. <laughs> so Long. let's talk about this situation, Jeff, because I, I kind of like – I'm a little bit of a, a voyeur online and watching things play out. But I that's also, too much information. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I want I, – I thought have, this Have was, you met my friend Roy Harris? <laughs> <laughs> this go is on. definitely something that I thought was between you guys. So I, I respect Spiro's work and definitely the work that he did just on Michigan State because I think that it takes a lot for a guy that graduated from a school to also call out his school. Some mm-hmm. people, especially media guys that didn't graduate from that school that work the beat, refused to do that. Uh, so when I saw this happen, I understand. Now, yeah, <laughs> I'm making me hear my bitch at this point. Um, he's going to serve me. Look, I, I, I've been known to be long-winded, so you have at least like two minutes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> pour it heavy. Heavy pour for this young man. The thing that I got, Jeff, was that one, I mean, I, as your co-host, <clears throat> I also have a journalism degree. So I understand that there is an aspect, especially in this day and age of Twitter, social media, everything, of getting it out there first. Just like today, you were first with the Detroit 105.1 story and Dave Shore being fired. That is important that you get that out there to your audience. You followed up with two articles on that, by the way. So when you discovered this, when Mahir deep dove into this uh, story and you realized there was more there than just your run-of-the-mill um, racist idiot that you went out there and you decided to write a story about it. And Justin was well aware of what was going on because I, I knew he we was. We saw it in real time. I was well aware of what right. was going on, and I couldn't believe it. I was aware of this guy just because he had been mad at the big lead because there had been the silly season takedown of his son or whatever there was. 
So uh, we were aware of Chris Cook, but we didn't like, we didn't know what Chris Cook had done. So you fi- finally had the information. The information was out there. Your following is quite large compared to anyone else's. You thought you needed to get the info out there. I, I think that what happened for the site was the correct decision. Now, when Spiro went on there, we know Justin as well. We know that Justin often trolls not only people on well, let's uh, get to Twitter and Facebook, but, but he tr- he trolls his own friends and followers as let's well. Let's talk about that for a second, okay? For for the last for the last how many weeks, Jessica has Justin walked in here? Is this going to be a bashing session? Because no, 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 I'm no, totally no. not getting involved. No, no, okay. But it's not. I'm just asking you a question as a witness. Yeah, go ahead. How many times in the last few weeks has Spiro walked in and said this might be his last show? Like Every two, week? I think. Okay. Wasn't that the last two and weeks? Did, did we? Or yeah, because last week right. didn't count. And then did we, or did and did or do we not have a discussion? I think the week before I had a pinch nerve last week, so we didn't do the show. Yeah. The week before that, I'm like, whatever your schedule needs to be, because now you're working full time. Yeah, we were going to move times. That whatever he we're wanted, talking about moving times. Right, exactly. He's, he's got ever, a young daughter. Yeah, he's got a yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got a baby. Family at home. matters. He's got a baby, and he's got and a job work. now. And I said to him, whatever, we'll work it out. Whatever. Didn't I not say that in front of you? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. All right. So, I mean, and look, I'm not, I'm not coming after Justin here. I'm, I'm trying to present both sides to it because yeah. I honestly think that this was, this was not necessary it was at unfortunate. all. And I like both of you. I, I like Justin's writing. I like the sourcing that he's been able to bring to the site. And I've been a fan of Jeff for a number of years, and I've enjoyed what he's been able to do. So I agree with the – a decision to move forward on the story. I think it was topical. I think it needed to happen. I couldn't... I sometimes have a problem telling when Spiro is trolling and when Spiro is being serious. So yeah. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to I still don't rule know on that. I, I'm not going to rule on know. that. I still don't know. But all you I, should know better than me. Though. I have no clue. All you should I know, know is this. So I know if you don't know, all then I, I don't know. All I know is this. He he knew the story was coming. He never made a complaint until after it was posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, my belief is he wanted the byline on it because he wanted it to he wanted to couch the story so his national source, who I'm not going to divulge and none of us are going to divulge, uh, would mention it nationally. Well, he, he would get a lot of attention. Right. Okay, and also that's what he wanted. He he had information leading up to this, but it probably it was, felt he, like it belonged okay, to him. He could have. He could have. He could have written an article anytime over the last few months about it. Here's where the problem happened. Did you ever he, ask him if he was going to? Like, hey, what are you going to do with this information? It was kind it wasn't, of... I'm, I'm, I'm just curious. Hold on, hold on. This I, is I out of this pure is curiosity. Question, legitimate question. So, here's, the, here's the problem. He had been collecting information for a while, and he had been putting it out on Twitter, too, that there had been character concerns. Now, he had not put out an article... On Connor Cook and the this wasn't con- forget that hold on, hold on. A, there's this a isn't stories. a Connor Cook story yeah yeah this yeah, was yeah. this yep. was a Chris Cook the father story yeah it had nothing it, it really it, it was nothing to do with Connor Spiro could have wrote, written an adjunct article that day about all of his information about. About Connor Cook. He yeah. had sources inside the program. You can go on a. He didn't even know if he board. mentioned it on this podcast. You can just, and all of a sudden he okay. This is okay. So this was that a yes I mean, or I, no? What? Yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I had asked him. I think on Sunday about writing the article okay. on a telephone conversation. 
before any of the, before the can any of the stuff occurred. Look, there's a well-known story of Connor Cook relieving himself on a passed-out student at a party. I mean, you can like <laughs> so find messed. these things just, out just, there. You can do that. Just type it's in our college should be there. friends. So just I mean, he had <laughs> interest in all. he had he had information, and and I mean, he had been passing it around. This guy is not an MSU slappy. He had been saying, "This is what I know." Now, the Chris Cook story is a fair point by Jeff. This suddenly became its own thing, and that was put out by the Detroit Sports Right. If anyone deserved think- credit for it, it was Mahir for having to spend an hour and a half going through eighteen hundred tweets. From a racist Donald Trump supporter, not Spiro. Okay, not and picking Spiro, sides. I was just curious. No, that's fine. That's, Spiro, that is what happened. Spiro had the opportunity at any point, at any point over the last few weeks, or even that day, to write, as I said, a companion piece. Like you said, he went to journalism school. Mm-hmm. How many times is an article written? One article, and then someone else writes another angle from that. He could have done that. Well, you wrote yourself a companion piece today. Exactly. You, you wrote mm. the announcement of the firing of Dave Shore, and then you wrote a companion so let's get to, piece so let, to yourself so let's get of to the, who you thought should replace Dave Shore. So let's get here, to the bottom of what right. I think this Well, here, is. here's the problem. Here's the big problem, and I see it because I uh, am married, and um, Jessica, you can weigh in as a, a woman that, <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would have a good feeling on this, is that... Um, online, Jeff and uh, Justin were having a discussion about the piece, and Jeff, you did tell Justin to shut the fuck up. So when I have had an argument online and by either text usually with my wife or whatever, I have been argued with about my use of punctuation, like I put a period at the end of something, so I must be mad at her. Or she can't read how I said something, so she can't tell if I'm joking or if I'm being a dick. Uh, that has been a point of contention. And I think that on a public forum, and I, I use public in parentheses, it was it viewed as an affront to somebody. And I think Justin did not take kindly to that. And that is where a line got drawn in the sand and all of a sudden you had a back and forth. Because, I, look... I've worked in media for a long time. It's funny. It's 12 years that I've done media stuff. I've been told a lot of nasty things. I've had a lot of nasty things said to me. But in person, you can kind of gauge what your reaction is going to be. It is harder to know if that's a hard shut the F up or if that's a uh, frustrated or if that's a joking one. And he decided to draw the line at that was a hard shut the F up. This is what it was, okay? Spiro was looking for an exit, okay? This is what you believe. Yeah, he had been talking for weeks about not being able to do the show anymore. He had run a poll a few weeks ago. Should I still, you know, do you people (laughs) still want me to do the DSR podcast? This is is all part of... this is the 16th or 17th time that Spiro has left the website. This isn't the first time. And, it, and if he comes back, it won't be the last time. So this is contrived, all right? This is all it, – it's not, not by me. Like I said, he could be here if he wanted to be. He could, he, there's, he's known me for 13 years. Me telling someone to shut the fuck up is like me saying shalom. It has three different meanings. <laughs> All right, and yeah, I was aggravated because he was he was publicly on Twitter and then on the Facebook page basically saying that I was trying to steal his story. 
that's what he was saying. Am I wrong here? Isn't that what he was saying? Yeah. I was stealing his story and attacking me for it, and I wasn't going to take it. So Spiro wanted, a, in my opinion, Spiro wanted an exit, and this was the most entertaining way he could do it. <laughs> and, 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 that's, and that's what's happened. That, that's, that is what's going on here. All I'll say is that it's unfortunate, and uh, he will be missed. He was a valued contributor do you to have the Do you have the zip drive? The, the, uh, <laughs> I do. Give it to Jessica. I'll give it. Give it. You want that? Yeah, no, I want to play right. it. Yeah, Wait. Give it to no, no, no. Well, I mean, it's your show. You pay me, no, 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 so no, no, yeah, no. just hand it over. It, 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 what it, what it, I have it. is just that the you got mad because on Twitter so publicly he said that sourcing was a problem, and um, just I mean I can't remember the last time I co-hosted, but I think it was episode twenty-seven that you gave full sourcing to Spiro, not only credit and things like that. Uh, if you send me to the back there, Jeff, I'm gonna have to pour myself another drink. So you're gonna well, have go, to <laughs> well, go get it. Go, go get the go get it all because right. it's audio. It's, it's it's good audio. It's from the show. That's all it is. Oh, it's not. It's, okay. it's from this show. It's not. I didn't secretly take. I haven't talked to Spiro. Okay. Yeah, you guys broke up. Exes we usually don't talk we it's so, <laughs> after it's so, the breakup. It's so true. Unless that's like you know. It's so stupid. It's so freaking stupid. He had every opportunity to. He could have said when I said. If I said to you, I'm writing an article, I need those pictures, at that point, wouldn't you say to me? Okay, but can I ask you one question in all honesty? Because yeah. I've been wondering this for a long time. And I'm not picking sides. I like, you know, Spiro. I like you a lot. I stick up for you all the fucking time, whether or not you yeah, believe right, that. Yeah. Okay. You know, suck it. So anyways, moving along. Uh, it took you a really long time to call him, like, your actual co-host. You know, I think I mentioned it first before you did. And True. I'm just, I, I will say that, you True. know, so. I call, I, and I'm not attacking I, you, so. Listen, I don't know you what know. you're talking about. I was called the co-host from the get-go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, we're not talking, that's not about you, okay? Get over yourself for a second. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jessica hates me. To, no, don't at all. Already, I'm just already busting your balls. It. You'll be fine. So, anyway. Shut down me here. So, all right. I like her. She's great. It's going to happen. Are we going to play these? Well, I have to actually upload oh, them first, so. I'm, you know, I'm not a fucking genie, so. It's all right. All right. All right. All right. So if you want to do this, but I mean, like, this was not, this was not pulled to try and, like, go out there and, uh, I don't know what's ringing. Uh, they can wait a second. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. Uh, it's somebody, is it Justin? No, I don't. No. <laughs> I'm just, I, I gladly take the call. Uh, but it's, look, from my vantage point as a very creepy social media follower of the whole situation <laughs> is that, one, the website did the right thing posting the story because the story needed to go out. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Mahir did a great job digging it up because nobody else in the country Nobody else was talking about this No, nobody else did the work. And, and to be honest, the whole talk was about anonymous sourcing and this and that, and, and you guys went out and find, found actual reasons that could be related. Well, let to me it. let me explain something to the people about about Spiro and this in the website and credit because that was the, initially this was about by not he wasn't getting the credit that he thought he wanted. You're talking about a website where, like I said, he had carte blanche. One, two. I've con- and we're going to listen to these clips where, where I praise him and give him credit for a lot of different things. Uh, that was never an issue. There was never an issue of me giving well, Spiro credit. Ever. You, uh, I understand the um, 
the argument over the uh, language, and, and that's up to you and him to figure out. Because I don't, I don't fuck know. The, how, wait, do fuck with the that. language. I fuck the language. How long has he known me? Thirteen years. He's known me almost half of his life. Okay, half of his life. I will how, say how this, do so I talk to people? The credit, I'll bring my wife on next week. Oh I will bring oh my, my God, wife. I would love to no, meet I will. her. I will bring my wife on <laughs> next week. Can you just interview talk. her and just ask why? <laughs> why? Can, Everyone wants to know. Because talk, that is a pressing issue. That's how I talk to her. I'm sorry, Spiro, that I'm not putting you above my wife. All right? <laughs> You guys, let's go you back. Guys hold on. Figure let's, out the, the whole online thing. Let's well, go the, back the to non, hold on. The let's non- go back to David Harden. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Let's Calm your to, vagina there, let's sir. Let's go back Jeez. to David Harden. The David Harden story. Language, Jessica. Let's seriously. Go, let's go back to the David Harden story, where I didn't accept a byline on that article. Okay, I did a lot of the web work. I did a lot of the writing of that article. Let Spiro come on and deny that, that I probably wrote about 50% of that article and told him the story is yours. 100%. I'm not putting my name on it. He was traveling to the Cotton Bowl in an RV later that week when we had to do a follow-up story. He couldn't do it because he was driving a freaking uh, recreational vehicle down to Dallas with his, like, eight-month pregnant wife. So I had to write the follow-up to the Drew Sharp story. Wrote 100% of it. And gave him the byline. Diary of an angry white man. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. This is fascinating. (laughs) To to claim I don't give you credit? I've done nothing but give you credit. I will say that. Do we have the clips? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I do. All right. The Uh, the credit thing. This is Spiro. Yeah. Well, uh, this is you guys talking. This is is probably your second most recent episode. All right. So. I played the uh, first one first. Am I doing self or thanks? Um, I would I would do thanks. Okay. Uh, here we go. I I was the and first I want to thank you uh for booking both guests tonight. Yeah, thanks. Uh, because I had nothing to do with getting Harns here or uh getting NBA Hall of Famer Rick Barry on the phone. Uh, great job of producing tonight's show on top of co-hosting. Uh, those guests wouldn't have been on without Justin Spiro, and appreciate your hard work getting both of them on. Well, thanks for that sentiment. Okay. Let's play the other one, I guess. Right. I haven't heard I haven't heard these. Uh, Ryan taped these and brought them in. I didn't know well, idea what just, they were. You now. asked for right. examples and I brought examples. Right. Okay. I, I, I just I think if we have any opportunity to affect change in a positive way in this town one way or another, I think that's a good thing. I think you know, I don't wanna have a an inflated sense of our, our self worth or, or whatever. Okay. That sounded the first clips really sounded like a guy who's not trying to give him credit. And once again, he was looking for an out. He'd been talking about it for weeks. And he had every right to say that I can't do the show. He's got a month or two old baby. He just started a full time job for the first time in his life where he actually has to go to work from nine to five or whatever. He could have come to me and said, Look, I can't do it. And we would have had a rotating host of you and Jasper and whoever, like we're doing. And I'd have been fine. But to attack me and say I, that I basically stole the story and that because I said shut the fuck up and called him a baby, that he was going to end his relationship with the Detroit sports drag, which was mutually beneficial to both of us, and to block me on Twitter and to unfriend me on Facebook. I mean, come on. Th- this is a joke. And mm. 
You know, and, oh, furthermore, I told him that day, I'm like, I encouraged him. I'm like, you should start your own website. If you can't take my managing my managing style, if you don't like the way I talk to people, that's fine. Start your own site. Cost you five hundred bucks probably to hire some kid to to create it on WordPress. You can have all the editorial control that you want. And I told him, whatever you post, I'll retweet. I'll prop up. I told him that that day. Oh, okay. I didn't know all that stuff. Am I am I lying here? No. I told him create. We can have sister sites, and then you you won't have to deal with me yelling at you. <laughs> and I'll I'll prop you up as as much as I can. His response to that was to block me on Twitter, so I can't even retweet his tweets about Jim Leland and Mike Illich, which we're going to talk about when we get back after this break. This is a previously recorded episode. All right, we are back on this very special episode of the Detroit Sports Rag Podcast. Uh, the more you know. <laughs> uh, Sorry, it sounds like a school special. Exactly, that's what it is. So Hopefully, well, yeah. I mean, we had an infomercial during the break. What was that song? Laid it all out. What was that song that we just played? I have no Margaritaville, clue. which is an awesome yeah, song. You got to remind. Why? We gotta, why? 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 Because why don't you like it is actually a better I, question. I'm not drunk right now. That's <laughs> why I don't like it. I'm not drunk either, and I still like it. Dave's got to keep all of the Jimmy Buffett songs in the uh, entirety of the show. We can't edit the songs out tonight. If, um, if we play enough Jimmy Buffett, Mahir will go out in downtown Detroit and scoop up all the ladies. <laughs> and then we'll have show topics that for pink, like a pink month. polo shirt that he's a wearing. A month. <laughs> So anyway, uh, one more thing on the uh, whole D'Antonio Cook, Connor Chris Cook story. Oh, the uh, MSU topic we started on? Yeah, I, I <laughs> forgot. But uh, there's one story I wanted to tell, which I thought was kind of interesting, because D'Antonio had bombed Katzenstein. Like, they didn't know what he was talking about, about the personality issues with Connor Cook. So I was told after I posted that story and it went viral and national, that when D'Antonio like found out that Connor Cook was coming back for his final year instead of going to the uh, NFL draft early, he made a comment to, I guess, a couple reporters, MSU reporters, basically like saying, are we sure we can't get him to change his mind? Something like of that, around, of that tenor. Like he made a comment like, this but is let, off the record, then. Yeah, but I, it seeped back to me. Okay, <laughs> well, Where, I mean, nothing <laughs> off the record <laughs> yeah. doesn't Whoops. make it back to Jeff Moss. Yeah, exactly. So that, it, that, that's on the Moss record when exactly. it goes off the record. But, but, but let's just. But I, I wasn't there, obviously. But this is what I've been told that he made a comment like, "Oh my God, that in in the." Jokingly? The vein, or? The, no, the vein no. of... No, it wasn't joking. I've it seen was, this before. I know what he's talking about. It was about, in yeah. the vein of this pain in the ass is coming back. Oh, shit. That's what it was like. So, Mark D'Antonio, I have no respect for you for attacking Josh Katzenstein on Twitter and throwing out raw meat to your Sparty Nation when you know what Josh was writing was accurate. I, 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 it, it brings me back to a time when Bill Keenest attacked Tom Kowalski for a story that he 100% knew was true about Sherm Lewis and then denied and denied, issued a press release, attacked 
Tom's character, attacked his journalistic integrity. And then when Tom died, he said, oops, Tom was right all along. You were at, there at and his I were wake. There. We I were was both there. there. We were both there we at, his, both at, there. His, at his wake outside of, at Shelley's, across from Comerica Park. I remember people looking at me with their mouth open after that story was finished. Like, can you believe what he just I, said? I think I was sitting next to or in the vicinity of uh, Albert Dale. Yeah, I and know I, Albert. Albert, I, excellent, excellent engineer. And I turned to Albert, and I looked at him, I think, and I, I looked at him like, and I mouthed, what the fuck? And that's what this reminded me of, because D'Antonio knows those reports that Josh had put in his excellent article were accurate, and he still couldn't refrain from going on Twitter and attacking a journalist who was just doing his job. But, but he had to. No, he doesn't. He had to. No, he didn't. To. He didn't have to say a goddamn thing. No. Connor Cook is no longer he under his... He had just taken crap about not uh, defending his guy hard enough, about uh, not going to the combine and fighting for Connor Cook. That's fine, but he this didn't is, have... This that's is, fine. He this is ha- not about Connor Cook, He could Cook, have remained Jeff. moved. This is about for everybody else. Okay, well, so no. Mark D'Antonio put his own personal, uh, good Christian that he is, put his own personal... Uh, doesn't matter. Future. He's got 113 other guys in that room. He does not care. It's, it's no, obviously he doesn't care. And, and, and I'm going to bomb Mark D'Antonio for attacking Josh Katzenstein or Stein or whatever, however his uh, mishbuka pronounce it. You should know this, by the way. I, I don't, because I think I don't, I I did a, a silent uh, podcast. Are we going to ask uh, him here how to pronounce the Jewish name? I mean, like, come no. on. What, what's wrong? What's wrong? Look what Spiro just tweeted. Oh, wait, you're blocked. <laughs> That's not awkward. Uh, uh, do you want me to read? He tweeted. Are, we, uh, are you really going to derail the show? Are you really going to? Gonna... If you may have gotten hold of the wrong half. Yeah, please. You, you're welcome. You're welcome here. You're the one that doesn't want Absolutely. to be here. Absolutely. Well, I'm staying out of this. Yeah, I'm muting my mic. Do you want me to mute yours too? <laughs> I had hoped that he would come. As I said during I the break. I would hope that you guys could discuss this. As I said during the break to Jessica. Who remains... He has, he has you know, no impartial. There, there is no validity. Jessica is absolutely impartial. Jessica. There is no validity. There is no validity to the credit neutral. issue. If he's upset about the way I talk to him, uh, I think he's a pussy. <laughs> but he he can have a beef about that. Oh boy, he can have a beef about that. Way to escalate it. He he can he no he can have he can be upset about the way I talk <laughs> way to, to escalate him. it off the f. I mean, comment. Jesus, you can't just run around calling people pussies no. and thinking that they're not going to get upset about it. No, I'm Jeff. saying he can have. The credit thing is nonsense, and I'm, I, I will defend it to the hilt. If he doesn't like the way I talk to him, he can have, he can have that opinion. Jeff, legitimate. He can have. I'm, I'm saying he can have that opinion. I think you're a pussy. You can talk to me ever the fuck you want. To anyone in this room, Jessica, Jessica knows nope, she Jessica's can talk to me. Jessica's going to smoke. She knows, she knows, okay, let's get in. So let's get into spirit. Let's get into the next. And yes, I will talk shit to you, and you talk shit back exactly. to me, and we're fine. Jessica's no, the scariest person in this room. If anyone of, doesn't know, of course, because I'm because I should not, be scared. Because I don't have because I don't have a bleeding vagina. I don't have oh, sand in it. Oh, 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 yo, yo, oh, oh, I will throw you out that window. <laughs> I'm not saying you do. I'm saying I don't. I don't. Right I thought now. I was the one yeah. accused of that. So if he wants to come back, whenever he wants <laughs> to come back, and he wants to address this like a man, All right, he, he can come on. I'm not in the middle of this. Stuff. I, I no, she's not. She is not. No. 
I, I think I'm going to take sides with Theo Spite. Well, uh, can we gonna, can we get back to that? Spiro. So can we get back to the? We got to get to Osmosis. Let's finish Antonio and then go to Osmosis because that is the talk of the. Do not defend Antonio. I'm not defending anything. Just I don't like breaking news. By the way, we just got the ratings for uh, 105.1 for uh, April. You, <laughs> I'm sure. Like the, I'm sure it's going to be stellar. It's kind of in it's, passing. It's, yeah. it's kind of anticlimactic now that Dave Shore is no longer there. But they went down to a point eight. Okay. Uh, next, what were you going to say? Do you have anything further on this Mark Antonio thing, which I think is no. very interesting because that's the kind of comment that. Circulates throughout media circles and never makes. I better it write out. an article about this man, Mark D'Antonio scoop before look, someone look, takes it from me, though. Look, look, you U of M slappy. Obviously, you made this comment up that he said to MSU beat writers. <coughs> All right, can but we get into it, the Osmond stuff? Matter. Can we get into the Osmond stuff? Because then because we can get Spiro. I was fully, we can give Spiro full credit for I was, that. I was literally twenty four hours ago ready to come in here and 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 defend this guy, and then last night happened. So okay. All right, let's talk about. Yep. Well, forget that issue. So the story that for now we'll get in, we can get into that. Is this a half true story, or a full true story? Okay. I think, well, <laughs> I think this is a full true story. I'm, I'm giving Justin the benefit of the doubt. He's been on this, Justin. I mean, honestly, you, he's been on this the whole time, and, and the whole it didn't happen with Garden Hire thing is BS because the whole report was that was the intention, and then Avila, Alavila, circumvented everything. So, okay, here's, here's the story. So Spiro's been reporting for the last few days as a uh, independent independent <laughs> journalist with, with, with no ties to any man uh, and getting the full credit that he deserves uh, that Mike Yelich over, I don't know, the last 96 hours has put a full court press on Jim Leland to take over uh, from Brad Osmus. And I heard heard Friday night from a separate source that has nothing to do with Sparrow's source, that if the Tigers were swept by the Texas Rangers, that Brad Ausmus probably wouldn't be managing the team on Monday against the Washington Nationals. Well, we obviously know that that wasn't the case, that uh, last night <laughs> we all know <laughs> fully well <laughs> that Brad Ausmus was managing the, our Detroit Tigers. So I'm not questioning the validity of Sparrow's report. I never have. I know the source. Uh, with the Tigers, I know who he's, ta- who, who he's getting this information from. I have no reason not to believe it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think what Jim Leland did today by coming out and talking to Lynn Henning and saying that he had no interest in coming out of uh, retirement was a direct response to Spiro's tweets uh, about Illich's desire to have Leland come back. So let's not even talk about and whether or not Spiro's reporting is true. I think, it, I think it's accurate. Let's talk about Mike Yelich for a second. Let's talk about the fact that he thinks that it's some sort of panacea to bring Jim Leland back. This team didn't finish in last place last year because of Brad Osmus. This team isn't... In, a, in the midst of a seven-game losing streak solely because of Brad Osmond. He hasn't helped. But the players are failing. And the fact that this lunatic at the age of, what, 86 now is so desperate to win the World Series that he hasn't been able to deliver to us as Detroit Tigers fans that he's going to circumvent, based on Spiro's reporting, 
the general manager he just hired last August, go above his head and hire a manager and Jim Leland without El Leal having any part of the discussion? As I said on Schuling's show yesterday, he's going full Jerry Jones. This is crazy. Mike Illich, if you wanted to win a World Series so bad, three or four years ago, instead of trading for Jeff Baker, you'd have added a, a legitimate right fielder who could hit. If you were so desperate to win a World Series, Mike Illich, you would have implored Dave Dombrowski to fix the fucking bullpen over the last decade. If you were so interested in winning a World Series, Mike Illich, you maybe wouldn't have held on to Jim Leland for so long when he clearly couldn't get it done. You want the guy back who pulled Max Scherzer twice in the 2013 American League Championship? Do you forget that? And uh, Drew Smiley as well. Drew Smiley. <laughs> Jim Leland forgetting to tell, give instructions to Joaquin Benoit before facing David Ortiz. He completely, completely botched. He Chris botched that entire two. He had pitchers every night. Jim Leland in that 2013 series against the Boston Red Sox. Every night going into the sixth inning with no hitters. And Jim Leland couldn't figure out a way to win that World Series. Figure it out. They didn't even get to a seventh game. This is what you have to realize because I know me here, um, I was filling diapers when the Tigers won the 84 World Series. I wasn't even born. I, I know. Yeah, I mean, you were a, a twinkle in your mother's eye. <laughs> uh, and, and you and I maybe have seen the same amount of Lions playoff wins. But to, to get to that point and get to that point again, you realize how far the Tigers are now. Yeah. How far away they are now because – can you compare the pitching that they have right now to what they had back then when they had Verlander and they had Price and they had Scherzer? Sanchez. Right, Sanchez. They had Sanchez. How about- Sanchez is your number two. That is Dude. your second best pitcher right now. Are you kidding? First it's of all, Zimmerman, hold on, hold on. Sanchez, Sanchez won and the Verlander. E- won the ERA title the year they also had all those other guys. Yeah. Okay. Mr. You Price, brought in Smiley Sanchez, from the bullpen. Smiley has a 1.02 whip right now. That guy's a starter. Let's for get Tampa. back to Illich, okay? Let's get back to Illich for a second, okay? You want. Leland back. Do you remember a couple of years ago when you were when you were debating up until the last minute? He doesn't want. It. Whether, I mean, he wants something. He, he wants, wants garden hire. Else. He wants Illich. He excuse me. He wants Leland. He wants garden hire. You just allowed your general manager to completely overhaul your franchise. You brought in Jay Sartori from Apple. You promoted Sam Menzen. You hired Christopher Long, who is a sabermetrics guru. El Avila wouldn't take the fucking job without guarantees that you were going to turn over a new leaf and that Dave Dombrowski's era of denying that Moneyball existed over the last 15 years, that you were going to change things. And if we're to believe Spiro's reporting, which, like once again, I have no reason not to, you're trying to force, 
force Jim Leland or someone like Ron Gardenhire and Al Lavila after you gave this guy a five-year contract less than a year ago? It's not much different. Is it, it's not. Hold on. It's not much different. Oh, then bringing in Ned Ryerson from Groundhog Day to run Pied Piper <laughs> and ignore <laughs> ignore Richard and Gilfoyle. <laughs> That's what you're doing. You're bringing in that guy to run your company. That's what you're doing. It's a joke. And Jim and, and when I ran the poll the other night. Regarding who do you want to see as the owner of the team next year? Would you rather have Tom Gores and Arn Tellum or the Illiches? 70% of the people said they'd rather have Tom Gores. Mike Illich has lost it. This is embarrassing. You're not you have you're never gonna win, Mike. You're going to die without that ring. And you you should face it. Anyone want to have it? They can talk. I don't care. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I thought if I said one no, more I'm thing, sorry. I'd be told to shut no. the f up. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I'm not gonna. I, I'm not gonna do that anymore. I mean, <laughs> it, it's just it's just unfortunate that uh, after all these off season moves, this is how the season started. I mean, I said going into the season, if they could make it through April, they had a tough April schedule. You know, Kansas City, uh, Houston, Yankees, like playoff teams from last year. If they could make it through at 500, they'd be fine. And Unfortunately, their start to May has been very poor, and now Osmus is probably going to get axed Well, this is the worst time ever to have a losing They're dysfunctional. Yeah. They're yeah. screwed. They're on the road in Washington and Baltimore. They're screwed. Yeah. They have absolutely nothing they can do about it. And up until last night, it really wasn't Osmus' yeah, fault. I, c- I mean, if Chris McCoskey can write a legitimate article that wasn't Osmus' fault, you know it's well, not Osmus' fault. Let's hold on for a second, okay? Osmus... There's, there's two different things working here, okay? One, is this team good enough to win with the best general manager? If, if I had my pick of Kapler, Cora, Acta, whoever it is. They're like an 85-win team. Yeah, okay, if, no matter what, okay? But that's not the point. If you have cancer and you have no possible hope of surviving, you don't go to your oncologist and say, and, and, and he accidentally cuts off your leg. And say, well, I'm going to die anyway. What do I care if he accidentally cut off my leg? That's what giving a free pass to Osmus for bunting in the fourth inning of the game on Saturday, for starting Mike Aviles and batting him second on Friday, for yesterday, his the embarrassing performance where he put sends up Victor Martinez sacrificial lamb to know that he's not going to get pitched for what reason? It, you know you're gonna you're gonna intentionally walk yeah. him. You you're getting outmanaged by Dusty Baker. <laughs> you're getting outmanaged by Dusty Baker, a guy who sent up Strasburg in a four three game in the seventh inning, the bottom of the seventh. Hey, that Dang. worked. That worked. <laughs> yeah. Okay, it worked because Hannibal Sanchez couldn't tag a pitcher. Oh god. But this is this was the a, a battle of chess between Gary and Wendy the retard last night. <laughs> it was horrendous. It was a joke. I'm sorry. Brad Osmus should have been fired after the series against Baltimore and the ALDS in 2014. Here's where your point is absolutely proven. If the Tigers get back to the playoffs, and that's a, a huge if, 
that is going the, the differences between teams are razor thin mm-hmm. and if there were that razor thin that means the manager will come into play and we've already seen what happens when the Tigers have been in the playoffs. Brad, Brad Osmus Osmus. today, Brad Osmus today is, is is declaring that he was that he made a mistake last night. This guy's job's on the fucking line, supposedly, and he's sending up Victor Martinez with two outs and a man on second and a base open. He's how much empirical evidence do we need to see from Anibal Sanchez that? Once he starts to go in the fifth, sixth, or seventh thing, whenever it is, you got to get him out of there. He gets rocked in the sixth, gives up two runs. The lead goes from four to one to four to three. Everyone in the free world, Evelyn Spiro, for Christ's sake, knows that you got to get Sanchez out of there. Well, not just that, he's batting. And he's yeah. batting! <laughs> Thank you, Ryan Turstra, formerly of. Sean Turp and Killer. We don't Thank have that you. much time. Don't go through the whole name. Thank you. He sends him up there to bat in a 4-3 game. And then this piece of shit Lynn Henning goes on to defend him saying, <laughs> oh, you want to send the bullpen out from Sunday? That, then you just would have criticized him if they would have blown it. Wait, the bullpen's been good pretty much 90% of the year. You bring the bullpen in at that situation. Everyone besides lose. Besides low. Okay, but other than that, you got to go to the bullpen. Yeah, you Wilson. can't rely on 95 pitch Annabelle Sanchez once he starts getting rocked. The guy's yeah. got an expiration date. I mean, yeah. like a gremlin. Both you, Wilsons you, are you good ha- You option. have to go away from him at some point. I guess the glass half full of viewpoint on this is that the American League doesn't really have an elite team this year. I mean, they're all kind of... Except in of- your own division. Well, the Royals are str- <laughs> the Royals are struggling this they'll year. Come back to the I mean, and then I think the Whites. I don't know if the Whites uh, can keep it up. I They're mean, eight games back already. It's May tenth. Yeah. So. And where are you going to go with this? You going to sell again at the deadline? Yeah, that's. I mean, what are you going to? Well, you can't, I mean, you can't yeah, sell. Why, why this team you? is a mess. They're dysfunctional. The owner and the general manager not only are they in the same page. They're not in the same paragraph. They're not in the same fucking book. Well, I mean, if you listen to 971 callers, you just send down Justin Upton and promote Stephen Moya because <laughs> that station doesn't need competition. I, I don't know. I, I This has been a very aggravating last hour of the program. <laughs> Anything? Any questions for me? Yeah, just a tad. Any, any questions, more questions for me you'd like to ask? What, am I fucking interrogating you yeah, now? Yeah, you can. And you're the one, you're the Spiro Slappy in the group. Oh, you know, uh, don't put me in the middle of this shit what? between you I guys. This you little in the contest you have going you on. I know, it's bullshit. Anyways, you stress me out, so no, I don't. I do? <laughs> yes. Dude, you stress me out, and this is my 29th show. All right. I think that's going to be about it. I don't know what else we can talk you about. You're just this. done? You're just, just so worked up? I, I he shot, is. I've shot my I wallet. feel like you need to go kickboxing or something, get a little fucking aggression out before you murder somebody. I I'm just saying. fucking pinched nerve. I can barely move. Okay, well, I don't know. Shooting down my right some bike side. in and go kickboxing. I took nar- Norco. Didn't even f- no effect whatsoever. Wow. No Jeff walked straight through the wall. I mean, Mahir and I used the door. Jeff just walked <laughs> straight through the wall. <laughs> You guys are going to have to fix that. Good thing you got a new building coming up. All Do right. you if you're well, listening? He's joking. That's the DSR. <laughs> I am not. That's the DSR podcast for May 10th. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, 
next week, I think Jasper Apollonia, a uh, recent graduate from Syracuse School of Broadcasting, will be here. Graduating this Saturday, actually. This, this Saturday? Or yeah. Unfortunately, you won't taint the name of Syracuse like Matt Derry. <laughs> he Derry. said taint. Sorry. So, okay, I'm done. Why, why don't you get your... Jessica, uh, ready to, like, run. Let's why, give her more time. Why don't you no. get your, pro, why don't you get your a beer show or whatever uh, props you got to get in? Or Oh, I get to plug? Plug. Plug it. Plug it. Uh, if you want to watch a, a TV show about beer, you can uh, go on to uh, CBS 62 coming up in June, July, and October of this year. Uh, the show is called Pure Brews America, and uh, we go all around the state of Michigan uh, looking at craft beer places and having fun and doing cool stuff. So I would uh, check it out, and uh, you can go to purebrewsamerica.com if you want to check out more. Yeah. And I, I will Anything end- for you? You got anything here you want to plug? Uh, if you would like to party with uh, Jimmy Buffett, but from the far east, you can hang out here. Hold on a second. And uh, I got to tell one more story. So before the show, you know, Mahir, Mahir likes to talk very quietly. Like The guy bombs people by talking like this. So if they read your tweets in that voice, it'd be a right. lot less offensive. Right. So, so Jessica, so Jessica like told Mahir to get like very close we to the... We have a caller. Who is it? I don't know. What's the first the number? Take oh, it. Never mind. It's gone. All right. so, uh, no. So Mahir, <laughs> aren't we giving away like sick ass Detroit Tigers no, tickets not today? This week. So did Mahir, you was, plug, did you plug Kelly tickets? No. So Mahir, was, so Mahir I don't know if they no. want to be associated with this show. Yeah, he does. He's texting me on Facebook as we speak. So Mahir, so you have to Mah- plug him before we. Yeah, done. well, I'll plug him. Okay. So Mahir, it was being instructed to. Um, Get very close to the microphone. And what did you say, Ryan, he should do to it? Well, I, I think you were supposed to make Eat love it. to the microphone. Yeah. I, I, you, so I, I, I want to know, microphone. does your microphone have a urinary tract infection at this point, Mahir? <laughs> it does not. It does not. Okay. <laughs> Jessica, okay. why are you moving so far away from Mahir's side of the table? <laughs> so, Kelly Tickets. I don't Kelly, want him spitting on KellyTickets.com. If you want tickets, go yeah. to KellyTickets.com. Hey, I, great segue, Jeff. And I will end this uh, show <laughs> with, the, with the following quote. Be, beware of the half-truth. You have may oh. have gotten hold of the wrong half. Muting Good night, everyone. Good night. This is a previously recorded episode.